Awesome. Thanks, guys. You can take a seat. You can take a seat. You guys doing good this morning? Yeah, yeah. Pastor Adam is always the most enthusiastic. That's how it should be. It's great. All right. I just want to say, Chris and Rebecca, you guys are amazing. I love you guys. Like, I don't know. What we have here is just not normal, you know? Like, not that you guys aren't normal. You're normal, you know? But it's just really cool because I feel like you guys are great singers separately. But when you're together and you're singing, especially in God's house, you just bring something incredible. And like, oh, man, the presence of God, I had to hold my tears in. So thanks so much for that, guys. It was awesome. Um, I'm going to be sharing today. And and like Kyle said, um, we're married nearly six months now. So it's been a good time so far. So good. He brings a bit of Rarotongan flavor into my life. And we're the proud parents of three plants. So um, we're starting small. It's going to be a good time. Um, But yeah, we're doing a youth takeover. So I'm sharing part one, and then the next speaker, he's pretty good too. Um, I've taught him everything he knows, and he'll be sharing part two this morning. But I just want to welcome, first of all, anybody who's watching online. If you are watching, it's so cool that you're tuning in with us. We hope you are encouraged and challenged by the message. So church, why don't we put our hands together for anyone watching online. Isn't it exciting having a youth takeover? Man, I just love young people. And can I just I like older people, wise people too. Um, because, you know, when we come here on a Friday night, it isn't actually just young people. There's a whole bunch of older people praying for the next generation. And, you know, old people are vital too because we wouldn't have young people because, anyways. <clears throat> so I'm going to be reading from the book of John. Uh, John chapter 6. So if you've bought your Bibles, join with me. I'm at the wrong chapter. There we go. And I'm going to be reading about a story. So just to let you know where we're at in the Bible. Um, Jesus has just walked out. He's hanging around with his disciples. And this is what happens. It says in John 6, 5 to 14, when Jesus looked out and saw that a large crowd had arrived, he said to Philip, where can we buy bread to feed these people? He said this to stretch Philip's faith. He already knew what he was going to do. What a cheeky guy he is. Philip answered, 200 silver pieces wouldn't be enough to buy bread for each person to get a piece. One of the disciples, it was Andrew, brother to Simon Peter, said, There's a little boy here with five barley loaves and two fish, but that's just a drop in the bucket for a crowd like this. Jesus said, Make the people sit down. There was a nice carpet of green grass in this place. They sat down, about 5,000 of them, and then Jesus took the bread And having given thanks, he gave it to those who were seated. He did the same with the fish. All ate as much as they wanted. And when the people had eaten their fill, he said to his disciples, gather the leftovers so nothing is wasted. And they went to work and filled 12 large baskets with leftovers from the five barley loaves. The people realized that God was at work among them in what Jesus had just done. What a great piece of scripture. Let's just pray and commit this time to God before we break it down. So God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it is good. We thank you it is true. We thank you that it is food for our spirit, God. And today I pray that we would hear your words, God. Holy Spirit, speak through me. And I pray every single one of us would leave encouraged and challenged by this message. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen. So we've got a box up here, which is just so exciting. And oh, there we go. And I'm speaking part one on living life from inside the box. I was actually going to preach my whole message from standing inside the box, and I'm glad I decided not to because I moved around. That would have just looked a bit, you know, funny. So um, I'm, I'm speaking about living life inside the box because 
in life, we're going to have opportunities or even obstacles that look really big, look out of our reach. And sometimes people will say, oh, you just, you just got to think outside the box. And I believe that's true sometimes, but I also believe that sometimes we just need, need to learn how to grow and stretch what God's actually put in our box, in our hand, in our capacity. Because I believe that's also really powerful. So let's break the scripture down and see what we can get out of it. Verse 5, when Jesus looked out and saw that a large crowd had arrived, he said to Philip, where can we buy bread to feed these people? He said this to stretch Philip's faith. He already knew what he was going to do. Philip answered, 200 silver pieces wouldn't be enough to buy bread for each person to get a piece. See, a miracle was on the verge of happening. It was about to happen. There was a need that needed to be filled. But before the miracle could happen, there needed to be a stretching of faith. And I also see faith sometimes like obedience. There's got to be that step of obedience, that stretch of faith. And I actually believe that sometimes, depending on how far our faith will stretch, will determine how big the miracle actually is. And what I love is that Jesus kind of puts the disciples in what most people would see as an impossible situation. Hey guys, where will we find food to feed these 5,000 people? And Jesus was just really chill about it. But I love Philip's response. He's like, not even 200 silver pieces would be enough. Straight away, he starts to look at what's out of their hand, what's out of their reach. He starts to think outside the box. They don't even give chance at looking at maybe what, what do we have? What, what can we use? He's straight away thinking outside of the box. And sometimes I believe we can overlook what God has actually just put in our hand. And me, my husband, my husband and I, mum, I'm learning. My husband and I, Carl, we've been asked to be the New Life Youth Directors. So that's really exciting for us. It's really exciting. So right now we're working in youth alongside Pastor Aaron. It's really exciting. And right now that's in our hand and we're being faithful with it. But to look after all the New Life Youth over New Zealand, that's really big, you know. That's, that's bigger than we've ever thought. We're not sure how things are going to turn out. It could be a total disaster. Who knows? <laughs> Let's pray it isn't. But the thing is, that's out there and we're like, okay, you know what? First, we've just got to say yes because we know youth is, is a calling. It's a passion. It's in our hand right now. And I believe that God is going to stretch us for the things that we do face. And, and as we say yes, as we step out in faith, that's when the miracle starts to happen. Because I believe some of us, we want the miracle before we stretch our faith. You know? We're like, oh, God. I will step out in faith, but first I need to see a miracle happen before me. Whereas God's like, I need you to step out in faith, and then I will bring the miracle. Bit of a challenge there, I think, for all of us, including myself. The next part of Scripture says, one of the disciples, it was Andrew, brother to Simon Peter, said, there's a little boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But that's just a drop in the bucket for a crowd like this. At this point in the story, they'd found food, right? So that's what they needed. They'd found the solution to the problem. The only problem with the solution was there just wasn't quite enough of it. There was just really a, a drop in the bucket, as he described. And sometimes the things that God puts in our hands, in our box, in our capacity, looks like a drop in the bucket compared to the need we are facing. You know, sometimes our faith can look like a drop in the bucket compared to the mountain that is laying ahead of us. 
Sometimes our weapon of choice, and this is in the battles against the enemy, can look like a drop in the bucket like David's sling against Goliath because the giant looks so huge. Sometimes our generosity can just look like a drop in the bucket compared to the need out there. I remember after the sacrificial offering, one of the youth, and I love young people, they, they tapped me on the shoulder and I turned around and they said, I only have $3. And like, I was like, because, oh, you know, Pastor Adams or like million is spelt with two L's. And so we we're like, ah, pressure. Um, he's joking, obviously, but he's also not. Oh, he's not joking. He's no. But the thing is, they said, I've only got three. I've only got three dollars because three dollars compared to the need seemed like just a drop in the bucket. But I said, man, three dollars. That's awesome. Go give it into the info desk. And sometimes what we have in our hand can seem like just a drop in the bucket because we're so focused on what we don't have, on the gap that we're not filling. We're so focused on our lack rather than focusing on what God could actually do with our drop in the bucket, how far he could actually take it. And Jesus carries on saying, make the people sit down like you guys today. And there was a nice carpet of green grass. Wow, we got green carpet. I didn't realize that in the first service. It's like it's happening right now. They sat down about 5,000 of them. And then Jesus took the bread and having given thanks, gave it to those who were seated. He did the same with the fish and he ate as much as they, all, they all ate as much as they wanted. I love this part of scripture because there's a transfer. It says, then Jesus took the bread. Then Jesus took what was in their hand. Jesus took the drop in the bucket and he blessed it and he gave thanks. And that's where the miracle happened. You see, in the disciples' hand, the drop in the bucket was just a drop in the bucket. But when we take what we have in our hands and we put it into the hands of the one who created us, that's where the miracle happens. But there's got to be that transfer. I know in this room, maybe you've been wanting miracles. Maybe you've been wanting breakthrough. Maybe you've been like, man, I, I, I've been faithful with this thing for so long and I'm not seeing any growth. I'm not seeing anything happen. I'm not seeing breakthrough. But whose hand is it in? Because sometimes we hold on to things so tight. We're holding on to our drop in the bucket and we're hoping and praying we can be our own miracle and our own breakthrough. But there's got to be a transfer from our hands into God's hands because that's when the miracle happens. We can't be our own breakthrough. In the disciples' hand, it was a drop in the bucket. But in Jesus' hands, it was a miracle waiting to happen. When the people had eaten their fill, he said to his disciples, gather the leftovers so nothing is wasted. They went to work and filled 12 large baskets with leftovers from the five barley loaves. I love that the need wasn't just filled. When we put things into Jesus's hands, there's an overflow. Like there were leftovers, 12 baskets of leftovers. But if we think back and imagine if the boy with the five loaves of bread and two fish looked at what he had in his paper bag or basket, whatever they had back then, and he said, oh, so many people, not really enough food. This really isn't enough. I can't really do anything with it. Imagine if he never said, I have something I can offer. I have something in my hands that I can give. Imagine if he never stepped out. Imagine if the miracle never happened the way it did. The story was never written, and I was not standing up here preaching this message. 
The great thing is when we step out, it wasn't just the boy who was fed. It was everyone. Everyone takes part in the miracle when we step out in faith. Everyone takes part. Everyone. You knew what I was saying, so that's good. The story may never have been written, and I wouldn't be sharing what I'm sharing today. I love that the boy didn't look at it and go, this isn't enough. I can't do anything with it. He looked at it and he said, man, I just, I wonder. The Bible says in 4.23, Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. You know, I believe that what's in your hand, what's in all of our hands, will only go as far as what's in our heart. Our heart attitude will determine what happens with what's in our hand. That's why I love young people. Because when you ask them to say, there's nothing holding them back, they're like, yes, I'm keen. Jesus has changed my life. Let's do this. I'll stand at the door. Hello. Hello. And it's amazing. There's this open attitude of I'm ready to give whatever I can to God. Why? Because in their heart, they still remember because it wasn't that long ago for most of them how he changed their life, the sacrifice God made. I don't even believe when it comes to the story that the greatest miracle is the feeding of the 5,000. Like, it's pretty cool. I believe the greatest miracle happened once the 5,000 were fed because it carries on to say the people realized that God was at work among them in what Jesus had just done. Because of one boy's faith, 5,000 people, all of a sudden, Jesus was revealed to them. Oh my gosh, this is, oh my gosh, he's the Messiah. Because of some bread and some fish, all of a sudden, they're like, I know who Jesus is. And you know, when we step out in faith and we say, God, I'm putting things into your hands. I'm not going to try control things on my own anymore. And that breakthrough, those miracles we've been wanting for so long start to happen. People notice that. They don't always know how it's happening. They just notice that it is happening. And people are like, how? And all of a sudden, there's an opportunity for us to say, I'll tell you how. Jesus is how. Jesus is how. I believe the greatest miracle that day was the fact that Jesus and who he was was revealed to over 5,000 people. I guess my challenge today is simply to be faithful with what God's put in your hands, not to underestimate it, don't overlook it, don't think it's not enough or insignificant, but go, how God, how can you use this? If I put it into your hands, what can you do with it? And then when opportunities come where you can reach out because of your faithfulness, don't be afraid to do it because that's the greatest miracle right there. That's it for me today. But can we be upstanding because we're welcoming up the greatest speaker, I believe, in Connect Church who taught me everything I know. Please give it up for Pastor Adam White. Yeah, yeah. Give me a tag. You got a tag? We'll tag. Ow. Come on, let's give Jesus one big praise offering and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Amen. Grab a seat. Well, I don't have much to add to that, Grace. That was just awesome. And uh, I, I just want to say again, um, you know, maybe we so sometimes have people have said, uh, uh, you know, oh, is it just about young people? Again, we, we, 
We've got to understand God's about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the next generation. Friends, there are pastors who, who I, I get to travel the country, so I see a lot of churches and see a lot of places, and there are so many churches without any young people and without any uh, youth, and the pastors are, are weeping, going, we don't know how to see a breakthrough in that. Uh, friends, I want to tell you, to have 215 young people turning up, rather than going to a pub or rather going to a club or rather going doing their thing, just to be, to, to be turning up here. Why? To worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That's something to get excited uh, about. And not only that, they come on Sunday morning as well and, and do it all again. And not today, they're doing it twice. I think it's incredible. And just, again, all the teams and all the helpers. I mean, they're up there. They're doing everything today. They're up there in the sound stuff doing all the kids. Just incredible. We just want to say we love you. And to uh, Grace and Aaron and the, uh, the team and the worship guys and all the hardware. Wasn't that even the worship? I mean, this is our, uh, yeah, I'm seeing uh, Samantha on the keyboard there looking pretty cool. I, I love uh, uh, Vanessa. She's like the coolest bass chick ever. She's like... Doo, 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 doo. Jeremy, we don't know what you were playing at the beginning of the service. We have no idea, but he hit the wrong note or something, but, but we start off. But everyone just does. Awesome. How many know God is using them to touch a whole generation of people? Come on, one more time. Give it up for, uh, for those young people. So Grace was talking about living inside the box, but she couldn't help herself. Did you notice how many times she said, you've got to step out? I'm like, you're stealing my sermon. That's my sermon. She's like, you've got to step out because I'm talking about thinking outside uh, the box today. And really, I just want to put that around a whole area of the miraculous. When I'm talking about stepping outside the box, it's stepping in. She's already talked about a miracle, but really, when we step outside of the box, again, we've always got to look at what's in our box. I, I shared a few weeks ago about Shem and what was in his hand and, and with the games and stuff. And I don't know whether you're aware of this. He's just been interviewed by Radio New Zealand. His games have been up for an international award that'll make him famous uh, and uh, in Germany. It's in Germany, so I don't know. That's wonderful, isn't it? Absolutely. And so the Germans, we love the Germans. And, and so, so, the, so <laughs> no, no, keep, keep on target, boy. Uh, um, so so uh, he, he's doing uh, amazing things with what's in his hands. But I'm talking about outside the box because I want us to uh, uh, think in the realm of the miraculous. And really, I'm carrying on from the next event that happened straight after the feeding of the 5,000. And it's a story of when Peter, wild Peter, nutcase job, nutcase job, Peter the disciple, crazy guy, walks on water. So you can pick it up with me in the, uh, it'll come on the screens, or if you get your Bible with you, you can uh, jump in there. But it's Matthew chapter 14, and it says this, immediately, this is just after the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat, go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. What a nice boss. Hey, you guys, take a break. Get on the boat. Go on. I'll dismiss the, I'll do, I'll dismiss the crowd. It says, after he dismissed them, he went up to the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land. Listen, buffeted. Everybody say buffeted. buffeted. It was buffeted. Oh, that, that was lovely. Say it one more time. Buffeted. It was buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. It says, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake, as you do. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, as he did, they were terrified. Freak out. They said, it's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, hey, cool it, bro. Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. And then Peter, not job Peter, crazy guy Peter, he yells out. 
He yells out, tell me to come to you on the water, Jesus. If that's you, tell me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come, come, Peter. Then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. In verse 31, it says, immediately Jesus reached out his hands, caught him and said, you of little faith. He said, why would you doubt? You were doing so well. Why would you doubt? It says, when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down and those who were in the boat worshipped him saying, truly, you are the son of God. So I want to give you just three things, three things real quick uh, 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 from this uh, story. If the, if the box represents the boat, the box represents the boat. They're inside the boat. The boat's where it's comfortable. Boat's what we know. Boat's what we got. Boat's, what, boat, boat's that place of safety. It represents the thing. That's our box. I, I want to give you three things about stepping outside, stepping outside the boat. Here it is, the first thing. Number one, we can see from Peter he was hungry for more. He was hungry for more. He wasn't content to just stay in the box. He wasn't just content. I mean, even Grace wasn't content to stay in the box. She had to uh, step it out. He, he was hungry, hungry for more, hungry to see God move, hungry to see God to break him out of the, of the ordinary and move into the extraordinary. Come on, I'm preaching good. Or to, to break out of the natural and into the supernatural. Because we're talking about the miraculous here. It's stepping outside what is comfortable, outside what is normal, and he was hungry for that. He was hungry for it. I want to ask you today, what are you asking God for? What do you believe in God for that's bigger than your current situation, that's bigger than your current circumstance? Or are you just comfortable in the box? Or are you just comfortable in the safety of the boat? What are you asking God for? Are you hungry for it? It's interesting to me that it was only Peter who called out. The boat was full of people. The box was full of people. The box was full of people. The boat was full of people. And, and, and it wasn't like all the disciples saw Jesus coming and they're like, freak out. He's walking on water. And, and it wasn't like everyone's going, oh, pick me, pick me, pick me. No, it was only nutcase Peter. Peter was like, no, no, I got Jesus, call me to come. All the others are thinking probably, crazy. Are you stupid? What do you think, what do you think you're doing? Only he, he, he had that desire. Why? Because he was hungry for more. Are you hungry for more? About five of you. Thank you very much. Are you hungry for more? What can God do in your life? You've got to have that hunger. No one else asked. What I love about Peter is that he was a risk taker. He, he was willing to, to step out into the unknown. And I want to ask you, how about you? How about you? Are you ready to step into the uh, unknown? And that unknown could be what? It could be a, a new business venture. It could be just a, something you're, 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 you're trying to start or do or something uh, new in your life. It might just be praying for a sick person. It might be, I've just got to step out in prayer and pray for someone. That person's uh, uh, sick or whatever. And I, 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 I'm going to pray, Lord Jesus, uh, heal them. If you hadn't noticed, I've got a cold. And I want to tell you, as I was in the prayer meeting before the service, uh, you know, as I just walked in and, and, and Chris there, shocker bonder, he came up and he's like, oh, Lord Jesus, just heal Pastor Adam and, and let all that stuff uh, inside his chest come out. And Jesus, I just said, as long as it's not while I'm preaching, I just want to know. But, 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 but he took a moment there and grabbed, uh, uh, grabbed me gently uh, and um, 
pray, pray for me. He stepped out. He, he took a risk. When was the last time you took a risk? Not just in here, but out there in your workplace where, where that guy says, or oh, oh, maybe invite somebody along to church. When was the last time you took a risk? When, when was the last time you thought, like, let me, uh, let me do that? No, but if I do do that, they might suddenly pull out a machine gun and shoot me. If I know, we, we, we think crazy stuff. Tap your neighbor and say, I think he's talking to you. When was the last time you took a risk? See, Peter was the type of guy who was ready to take a, a, a risk. And you've got to remember, he was talking about the impossible. This had never been done before. He, there's no manual he could have gone to. You know, turn to chapter 5, walking on water with Jesus. There was no book he could go to. Nobody had done this before, but he was ready to step out into the, uh, into the unknown, step out into the, uh, into the deep because he was hungry for more. What are you asking God for? It's the first thing. The second thing I can pull out from this story is before he stepped out, he heard God's voice. He heard God's heard God voice. He didn't just step out willy-nilly like, oh, I'm just going to do whatever, whatever, to see what happened. No, he, 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 was like, he was like, no, 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 God, call me to come. If you want me to walk on this water, call me to come. And God said, come. Friend, I want to tell you, one of the most key things, important, and I can preach whole messages on this. And, and, and again, we've got Tanya coming from Sydney next week. Her whole message is around hearing the voice of God or knowing how to hear the voice of God. But you've got to understand, before he didn't, Peter didn't just step out willy-nilly. He heard God speak. Some people just go out and they just do, what, do whatever, but they haven't heard the voice of God. One of the things that, that Peter did is, is he made sure he heard clearly God say, Come. Right, and the Bible talks about the sheep know his voice. We have to make sure that we know by, by patiently listening. And we learn. And we don't always, uh, always get it right. I remember one of the funniest stories of a, of a, of a person. as a black preacher. Maybe you've heard me tell it before if you've been here for a while. But a black preacher was preaching at a rancho. And at the end of it, this woman walks up to him and she says, God has told me I am to be your wife. And he's like, that's amazing. That's great. What do I tell my wife and kids? I just would like to. And he was already married. I mean, you know, God hadn't spoken. But we're going to learn how to hear the voice of God. Peter had learned and, and, and known what it was to hear the voice of God. If you, again, this is so important because if you're going to step out, if you're going to take risk uh, with the battles that come with it, you've got to know that you've heard. You've got to know in your knower that God has called me to do this. The third thing and last thing that we can learn from this story is that, that Peter didn't wait till the conditions were perfect to move. This is important, man. He, he didn't wait for the conditions to be perfect to move. The Bible says the boat was being buffeted. The boat was being buffeted. And I, I don't know if I, if, I, if I said this already, but again, the, the truth is, if you want to walk on water, you have to get out of the boat. I mean, we can talk about it. We can have meetings about it. We can have conversations and, and, and connect groups about it. We can, we can, we can, we can talk about, about all of those things. But if you actually want to walk on water, you actually have to get out Tap your neighbor and say, you got to get out. Come on. you got to get out of the boat. It's no good just having a meeting about it and a powwow and a prayer meeting. They're not even having a prayer meeting about it. We'll fix it. you got to get out of the boat. 
But a lot of us won't move. A lot of us feel stuck because the conditions are not perfect. Uh, but, but I want to say he didn't wait. What he did is he heard the voice of God and then he moved. He didn't wait till the conditions were perfect. The Bible says the boat was being buffeted. Everybody say buffeted. It was being buffeted. What a very British word that is. The boat was being buffeted and the wind was against them. Friends, you've got to understand when you step out for God, you're going to have stuff that's going to buffet your life. You're going to have stuff that's going to be against you. Come on, I'm preaching good. It's just how it is. Sometimes we think, well, I just want everything to be perfect before I step out. Because that's how God would like it. Where do you get that from the Bible? The Bible doesn't speak like that. The Bible tells us when the storms are there, it's in the midst of the storms and the, and the valleys and in the troubles and, and, the, and the things. We, we, if you're waiting for the conditions to be perfect, let me just tell you something about life. Perfect seldom happens. It's just how it is. Oh, I'm preaching good. Thank you. You didn't wait. You know, as you know, I'm part of the fire service and I, I know if the fire service was part of this activity, here's what I know would happen. If the fire service was part of this activity, before anything would take place, before he'd even step on the, out on the water, we'd have two other vessels with emergency rescue crews available. Everyone would be wearing life jackets in the boat. I don't think anybody was wearing life jackets in the boat. Uh, Peter was very dangerous. But not only that, we'd have divers in the water ready and prepared. We certainly, it tells us that he did this uh, uh, just before dawn. And you know the song, the darkest hour is just before dawn. It was in the darkest place of the night. They're being buffeted, they're being thing. It's just a crazy, crazy situation. Now, if we're, if we're being really perfect, we need it in broad daylight. We need a flat sea. We need rescue crews in the water and everything. And go, 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 you can try. Some of us want God to do that for, well, I'm just, we talk like this. I'm just going to lay out a fleece. I'm going to put out like it says in the fleece. And then, and, and then whatever the fleece thing does, I can't remember because I've got a cold. But the fleece thing gets answered and they said, I'm going to lay out another fleece. You're just getting fleeced. That's why what's happening. I mean, you just get, you put that stuff out there and, and it's like you're waiting for the perfect conditions before you, before you step out. Only God is perfect. <laughs> we, we've got to learn. Peter did not wait till conditions were perfect. Uh, to step out. Worship team, you can come up Come up now. Play some nice little tune behind me. <laughs> come on, give these guys a hand again for all that. <laughs> See, the storm didn't stop them from stepping out. Don't you let the storms that buffet your life, don't you let the wind that's against you stop you from stepping out into what God has for you. Come on, I'm preaching good. Don't let, don't let those storms get in the way of what God is wanting to do. We know Peter got out of the boat and, and, and you know, as he got out of the boat, we know he, he began to sink. He, he began to sink. He, the Bible says he started looking at the waves and the storm and stuff and he began to, began to sink. And sometimes we can look at Peter like that and go, oh, told you told you. Oh, Pete, you're a bit of a loser. <laughs> you went out and you started to sink. Well, I talked about it. He took his eyes off Jesus, flipped the storm around him, but here's the thing. So as he began to, to sink, Jesus reached out immediately and grabbed him. Yeah. But here's the thing. Peter knows what it is to be in the desperateness 
of stepping out of faith and knowing what it is to have the hand of God grab him in the, in the situation where he feels like he's going down. And maybe, I don't know, you're in a situation where you feel like you're going down, man. I don't know if I can keep my head above water. Know that the hand of God is there to immediately grab you. Because he had stepped out in faith, he knew what it was to have the hand of God and reach out. Unlike those in the boat. They didn't know that. They didn't experience experience that. And we can be with Peter. Say, see, Peter, look, why did you doubt? Why, why, why did you let that happen? And sometimes we can be rough on Peter. We pick on him and, and just go, oh, Peter, Peter, Peter. Sinky winkies. You went down. I hope that's okay to say. I don't know. I got a cold. That's my excuse. <laughs> I'm not even on drugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But here's what it says in verse 29. It says, Then Peter got down out of the boat. And it says he walked on the water. What did he do? Uh, yeah, it's not a trick question. What did he do? What did he do? He walked on the water. I mean, the second person ever to do that, Jesus walked on the water. He just did what no, but we're going, oh, you think. No, but he actually walked on water. Okay, he may not got 900 meters, but he walked on water. All of us know Peter's name, nutcase. All of us know about Peter. We, we don't know who else is in the boat. Their names aren't mentioned because they're comfortable in the boat. And, and the Bible, you know, says this. Listen, the Bible says this, that Jesus gets in the boat with them. After this, Jesus gets in the boat. And hey, you know what? Jesus is going to be in your boat. He's, he's going he's to be in your boat. Don't worry. He doesn't mind the boat. There's nothing wrong with the boat. Don't put a hole in the boat. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with the boat. But it's just that every now and then God's going to speak to you. He's going to have a walk-on water moment. And it's up for us if we don't catch those moments to go, pick me. And then we step out and into the depths. Of, and it's risky and it's, and it's scary, but we've heard his voice. And yes, stuff's buffeting us and coming against us, but we've heard his voice. What do you need to step out into in the days ahead? What are you holding back from that you need to step into and out of? Maybe to get out of the comfort of, because it's safe in here. It's safe in the boat. It's safe in the boat. And Jesus is in the boat. But sometimes he calls us to step out. So my challenge is today, this was grace. Look at what's in your hand. When blessed by Jesus, he can do a miracle. Amen. That's me finished. Thank you very much for the alarm. <laughs> so that's enough. Thank you. But isn't he a God who would call us to something greater? But if you want to walk on water, you've got to get out of the boat. You've got to think outside 
the box. Amen. Now, friends, before I close, maybe you're visiting here today. Maybe your friend brought you. Maybe you came with somebody or whatever. Or maybe you just saw it, the service on the internet, and decided to turn up today. Before I close the service, I want to give you an opportunity today to get right with God. We saw that skit before. I loved that, 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 that skit with Reuben doing his God thing. And, you know, who's going to be the Lord of the, the Lord? That represents the Lordship over our, our life, letting King Jesus be king of our life. Why? Because sometimes we try to make our own decisions and, and life doesn't work out how we, we thought it would. And maybe your life's like that. But I want to give you an opportunity here before we close today to get right with God. I want to give you an opportunity to say yes to Him today. Yes. Because see, for me, for me, 30 plus years ago, God turned my life around in a service like this. And many people here have had that same experience where God has touched their lives. It's not that we're suddenly we're perfect and God comes in and fixes us up and like, ding, uh, you know, uh, I'm not a fairy, clearly. <laughs> We've all got issues, man. We've got all got stuff going on. We've all got stuff that we're trying to work through. But the beauty of the gospel is that God reaches down to us. We can try and reach up to Him. But the Bible says we fall short of the glory of God. The Bible says all have sinned. All have sinned. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Why not receive that eternal life today? Why not receive that gift of God? I want to tell you it's free, but it's not cheap. It costs God everything. His own son died on a cross. He died our death that we might live his life. Friends, why not accept that life today? If you don't know him and you're going even now, just like I was in that service many years ago, my heart was pounding. And I, you know, I was a drug addict, I was messed up. And, but I knew I, I, I could feel God calling me in that moment. I could sense God saying, come, come to me. Just, just like it was when he, when he called Peter out onto the water. He was calling me to step out. He was like, come, come, come to me. And the Bible does say, say that, that Jesus said, come to me if you're heavy laden, if you're burdened. And I will give you rest. Do you need rest for your soul today? You need rest for your life today. Then give your life to Christ and allow him to change it. Allow him to sit on the stool that represents your heart and be the Lord of your life. Have you made him Lord of your life today? Because he's either Lord of all or not Lord at all. Have you made him Lord of your life today? In a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do just that. We're going to pray a prayer that says, Jesus, come to my life. And if you know I need to get right with God today, would you include me in that prayer, Pastor? I'm going to count to three and I'm going to get you to put your hand up and say, that's me, Pastor. Include me in that prayer. Because here's what I know. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
free but not cheap, but available to you today. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, so that whomsoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Can I ask you to bow your head for a moment? With every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you and you know you need to get right with God here today. In a moment, I'm going to count to three. If that's you and you know you need to get right, maybe you've been coming to church for a while and you know you need to get right with God here today. Let's allow God to work in this moment. If that's you, when I count to three, just put your hand up. One, Jesus loves you. Two, he died for you on the cross. And if you know you need to get right with him today, three, put your hand up wherever you are, nice and high, nice and high. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yep, all over the place. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, you can put those hands down now. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray a prayer all together. Lord Jesus, I come to you today a sinner in need of a Savior. Forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me of it. Be my Lord. I want to allow you to be Lord of my life, to sit on the throne of my heart, lead my decisions and my days to come. This I ask in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Can we put our hands together and thank God for those who said yes to Jesus?